Raccoon City, G-Virus, T-Virus, Chris and Claire Rentfield, and just a few other things that bring back my childhood joy when it comes to what this movie gave me uh, for the Resident Evil reboot. Now, I want to start off with a preface saying I am a full-on Resident Evil fanboy, and what they have done with those first set of films, I completely despise. I feel like most people who are very into the Resident Evil series don't really enjoy the Mila Jovovich version of these films. The Mila Jovovich character in those films has nothing to do with anything in any of the Resident Evil lore, in any shape or form whatsoever. The only movie I give a little credit to would be the first one, because it's kind of a precursor to what gave us the main villain in the Resident Evil 3 Nemesis game being the character of the Nemesis. That's it. That's the only movie that really plays any big role in any major Resident Evil storylines for somebody like me. I've played all of the games, I still own all of the games, and this remake that they did, though still missing a few key points of a lot of what really made those stories, especially being the stories that this one movie is telling... It, you know, it misses on a couple of angles, but it hits on just enough that I do sh- I do have a level of appreciation for it, and I do find it thoroughly enjoyable for what it's presenting. Now, the number one thing they did right was they went into this the same way the people who did the recent Mortal Kombat reboot did. They thought about it that this is a video, this is based on a video game, it's meant to be for fans... It doesn't have to be thought-provoking. It doesn't have to win an Oscar. It has to be fun. It has to be true to its roots. And it has to be what everybody is expecting out of this concept. So, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City is basically an imagining of, let's say, the first three games. While also not doing a lot that really made those three games, you know, sort of work. Now, for those who aren't exposed to the video games, I guess I could say, the first game takes place in the mansion. Now, in this film, you see the mansion, not for long, and, you know, as a big, you know, fan, I would have liked to have stayed in the mansion for a bit longer. Then the second and the third games are two separate storylines with two sets of characters that are uh, ha- happening simultaneously. One storyline is the Resident Evil 2 storyline, which follows Claire Redfield and Leon S. Kennedy. The second storyline follows Jill Valentine after the events of Resident Evil 1, and she is being pursued by the Nemesis, uh, the, uh, the Nemesis character. The Nemesis monster, I guess you can say. So... That all leads to the the eventual destruction of Raccoon City. So 2 and 3 lead to that, while 1, basically the entire game, is within the mansion itself. Now, what they did here was they kind of totally passed over anything that goes on in the, ne- in the Nemesis storyline. Will it pop up later? I don't know. I do hope this gets enough 
positive feedback that we do see more because I do feel like it does deserve further exploration. I'm also going to say that I originally thought that I heard that this was supposed to be the TV version that we were supposed to be getting. And I, I had looked it up um, when the initial trailers came out and I had realized that there's actually, there still is a television show coming out, but it's a Netflix original animated series. So we're still getting this animated version remake of the Resident Evil saga in a way. And then this is supposed to be a reboot to the film series. Now, I do, again, I'm saying that again, I do hope that they're able to go further with this because it is very much enjoyable for me being a true fan. Now, again, it does kind of miss a few things. Like, I'm not 100% okay with how Leon Kennedy is, like, like, he's meant to be like a rookie, obviously, but he's so much more resourceful and he's so much more, you know, tactical like he there's more to his character than what this is portrayed as the leon in this movie is more portrayed as like a yeah my father's a cop he helped me get this job i'm really not good at it but i'm a survivor like it doesn't really play to what you expect from the leon the leon kennedy character personally the character looks more like carlos now carlos doesn't come in until resident evil 3 and he plays a big counterpart as the partner to jill valentine maybe because they never did three they decided to incorporate somebody that looked like carlos and then gave him leon's name i don't know besides the actual person the costume the set design is all perfect they got um, uh, Robbie Amell as Chris Redfield, and that's a fantastic casting. He he does look just like what I would expect a live-action Chris Redfield to look like, based on earlier games. Not the super roided-out Chris from, like, Resident Evil 5 and on, but it, it he plays the character pretty well. There's a little bit of more backstory they gave to the um, Claire Redfield character, who's being played by... Uh, Kaya, I can't remember her name, but I do know her uh, from a lot of um, other movies. She was in like the Maze Runner series and some other things. So she is a weathered actress and this is, she does portray Claire Redfield very well. But there's a few little details about the backstory for Claire's character, even just the Claire and Chris Redfield characters by themselves. It's a little interesting. Maybe it's something in the lore that I've never really picked up on. I know they were orphans, but Umbrella trying to run tests on Claire. Little iffy about whether or not that's true. I don't believe that's ever ha actually happened. But, you know, it is it is what it is. It's okay. It's a very minor thing that kind of just leads into the introduction to um, why, she, why she leaves Raccoon City and why she comes back. So it, I'm, I'm going to kind of leave that alone. I don't mind Tom Hopper as Albert Wesker. I love Tom Hopper. I love everything he does. He was great in Black Sails. He's great in the Umbrella Academy. If they keep going with this and Tom Hopper is still going to be Wesker, I'm perfectly okay with it. He might not look 100%, you know, slick black, slick back, bleach, blonde hair, and the sunglasses, like how we are used to seeing Wesker, but decent enough for what they're trying to portray and represent. Uh, Jill Valentine... Looks great. I think they got a great actress for that as well in um, Hannah uh, Common. 
I think I remember that correctly. I remember reading that name and going, oh, like Ramen. I believe it's Hannah Common. And she she did great in the in the film. They also got my boy from um, uh, Letterkenny. <laughs> He's in there as Brad Vickers. I thought that was hilarious. One one real huge issue I have is the apparent dismissal of the Barry Burton character. Like, why no Barry Burton? Like, he plays such a big role, not just in the first games, but in many stories, storylines moving forward. I don't know if they plan on bringing him in later, but just just leaving him out of being part of the Alpha team. Like, when you go to the first game, the whole premise is Alpha team is going to rescue Bravo team because they went missing. And as you are traveling around the mansion, you're discovering what happened to each one of them. And, of course, members of Alpha Team also wind up perishing, minus the uh, Chris Redfield and minus the Jill Valentine, but also minus the Barry Burton. Barry Burton is a very serious supporting character in the Resident Evil franchise. Like, I think he was ranked, like, fifth in, like, top supporting characters in all of video game history. Like, Barry Burton's a big fucking deal. And the fact that you didn't put him in this movie, that kind of leads a bad taste in my mouth. I'm really upset that we didn't get some notion of this character or something to give us a kind of, you know, why is there only five team, five members of Team Alpha when there's supposed to be six? But... Hopefully, moving forward, we'll get a Barry Burton. I'm really upset he's not in there. Probably one of my two biggest gripes is probably that one. Another big gripe is just... They they prolonged so many things that probably weren't 100% necessary. And they could have kind of dumbed back a little bit with how much time that took up. And filled it with more time to really show us the the, the richness of the environment. The the process of how everybody kind of becomes the, the zombies, I was okay with that. I kind of liked how they progressively, as the movie kept going and going and going and the hours kept ticking by, you know, in, in, the, in the film's um, time frame, as the hours kept ticking by, you saw the, the population of Raccoon City deteriorate little by little and become more and more like the, the zombie creatures. I was perfectly okay with that, but my second gripe really is that they just spend so much time on things that's like, like, it's halfway through the film, and they don't get to the the friggin' mansion until that point. Like, it's very much too much backstory, and if they really wanted this to be the idea, then this should have been split up, and if they wanted to go to the show, it should have been a show. It should have been, like, a six-part first season special that led into another second season that's another six parts like if you gave an hour to each of these individual things you're trying to do it would have been great but when you try to stuff all of the character build up in the first hour and then you really rush through things like the William Birkin storyline you kind of just make Sherry Birkin, uh, who's his daughter, like be like, oh yeah, like you just shot my father and my mother's dead, but I'm okay hugging Chris Redfield, who I just met. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And that quickness in the last hour, I feel, could have been extended if you shortened a lot of the long, elongated buildup you did in the first hour of the film. So those are my two big gripes. Uh, when it comes to the William Birkin character, I do appreciate... 
the special effects that went into really making him look like the first creature, the the first, you know, full on G virus mutating monster. Like I really did appreciate the, the detail that went into making him look as authentic as possible. He looks ripped straight out of the game. There are so many scenes that, like I said, just those two big gripes and they're two really big gripes, no Barry Burton and just, Spending too much time on the things that aren't necessary and not giving enough time on the things that were necessary were big for me, but overshadowing that is all of the good stuff that came out of it. William Birkin's creature was perfect. There's the first scene in the mansion where Chris and Richard Aiken, uh, or the actor playing the character of Richard Aiken, encounter the zombie eating the body by the stairs. And the creature kind of turns around like that's that's one of the most iconic gaming moments in history. That first zombie sequence from the very first Resident Evil game on PlayStation. I remember being like eight or nine years old playing that game for the first time and that scene coming up and just thinking how freaking cool it was. And the recreation of that scene was just perfect and it was spot on and again the the the, oh and and let's keep going into other things like there's a part where wesker and valentine are in this like study and he has to play the piano to open the secret door and what is he playing he's playing moonlight sonata like that's ripped straight out of the game like they did so many things right it's just it's upsetting that the few things they did wrong are really big when it comes to a person like me who's a big resident evil fan they literally did so many things right there were so many things that i sat there and i went I, w- I was just so happy i was so giddy to see all these little things these little details that they put into it that it's just perfect when you see this open shot of the inside of the police station it looks just like the resident evil 2 remake version it looks so good granted there are a couple of scenes of cgi where some of the like there's the bird and the dog it doesn't look a hundred percent all that good but they look a lot better than whatever they did for the first few films i remember there being one film where it was like a friggin griffin zombie that made no fucking sense like this was perfect for what it was they were trying to do all the crows that were zombies were good the few dogs you see they looked they they looked you know okay you know maybe overly cgi but they were fine you know it looked like how it looked in the game granted it was trying to be in a live action movie maybe they couldn't do it i don't know it's sony i expected a little bit more out of the the special effects team at sony when it came when it came to that but it was still decent then there's the scene um with the guy with the truck driver driving the gas truck and then it turning over and exploding that's literally ripped straight out of resident evil 2 like there are so many details that they got right i just hope that there's enough to give them the push to make another one because i do feel like we do deserve another one based on what sony and this director were able to do this director has very little under his belt that's noteworthy i would say probably the only thing that i really appreciated from this director besides this film would be uh he's the same guy that did 47 meters down i know he did the sequel as well which i never saw but the first one is really good it's a real like like a psychological thriller in a way it's 
it, it was something that I really wasn't expecting to be as good as it was, and I did appreciate that. Other than that, he's got a couple of other things out. Like he's got he did the uh, the the Strangers sequel, Pray at Night. Not a big fan of that. I think the first Strangers was great, and the fact that they didn't stick to that that method poorly done. So he definitely doesn't get kudos for that film. But when it comes to just this one itself. I feel like he might have something on his hands if he's if he's the one that's going to stay on board with it. If they decide to give it to somebody else and they go a different route and we're going to have another issue with this, you know, I'm I'm going to be a little worried because I do know that when it came to the first string of films, they were all pretty much done by I want to say the same director. And I think that's one of the reasons why that same director who what was his name? Uh, Paul Anderson, he, he, I think he's married or was dating Mila Jovovich and that's why she was in like almost all of them, but he's also big on making these video game movies. I believe, I believe he's made a ton of video game movies. He just, he did the first Mortal Kombat. He did the Monster Hunter film, which of course had Mila Jovovich in it. Um, what else did he do that was video game related besides just the Resident Evil films. I don't think any other actual video games. I mean, he he had a bunch of really good films that he did that I was appreciative of. Like, I think he also did Event Horizon, which I love. It's one of my favorite horror movies. But he just, he didn't do true to Resident Evil. And the fact that it's now in somebody else's hands, I just hope they give him the same leeway they gave this dude, like, Johannes, whatever, he, he deserves to get another shot at this to make a sequel that sticks to this formula that he's doing. Will it involve the nemesis? I hope so, because literally this film is a mix of all three first games minus a ton of storyline. And the fact that he was able to portray this story in this side-by-side notion while watching the same film... I very much appreciate because that's kind of how the story is meant to be seen. It's meant to be seen in that fashion, but you don't see that when you're playing the game. So I can appreciate that in and of itself too. I mean, I don't think it's doing too bad at the box office. It literally just came out a couple of days ago. I was first in line to buy tickets. I was front row seats. I was so happy to see this get another more true to its roots um, adaptation. I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. I want more of this. I want him to get another chance, and I want to see more of what this film was able to give us because I do believe, as Resident Evil fans, we deserve it, and I also believe that as far as what's necessary for a film like this, it doesn't need to go above and beyond. It needs to stick to its roots. That's what they did with Mortal Kombat, and it was successful. Mortal Kombat is fun. You don't have to dive so deep into ridiculous storytelling with a story like Mortal Kombat. With this with this concept, Resident Evil, maybe a little bit, but still, you can have fun with it. As long as you're true to its roots, you'll have fans stick by you for the long run. I'm going to stick by it, and I'm going to wait to see what's next. I do hope there's more. I hope the the animated TV show we're getting on Netflix pretty soon is going to be good too. 
I just, I love Resident Evil so much. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's one of the few games I keep and I collect. I literally have all of them in their original boxes and they're in a bin in my garage. And as soon as I get a display thing set up, I'm displaying them because they're some of my favorite games ever, literally ever. And this movie does make me happy as a fan from the very first game to the most recent uh, Resident Evil 8 that they did, and even the remake to 3 that they did, up until that point, I've been a fan, and this, it warms my heart to see what they were able to do with this film. But it also goes to show that they can do great things with these stories if just sticking to the formula, it's already set up for them. Just stick with it. That's all you gotta do.